1: This is old school on ninety three seven a ticket in the ticket and We are back, old school, Jay Foreman, Kenny Wilhite good first segment and the second segment Kenny I wanted to ask you man uh, the early break crew was talking about uh, I think Jake Sorensen had checked like all the leading rushers and all the Super Bowls and I think Le- Garrett blunt obviously wanted how much they made and when they were drafted I want to get your opinion um, and it kind of com- you know goes into a little bit of college as well you know uh, and I think that what how people view the running back position has drastically changed you know when you think of when running backs are drafted, when I was coming out of college, you want a guy that could tote the to, tote, tote the pill, lot. and be effective out of the backfield. You ultimately think of an Emmitt Smith, to where he could catch out of the backfield, be dangerous in the screen game, and then obviously tote the pill and be you know that that thumper and that Who'd guy you say? That, Emmitt Smith. I was going to say yeah. you got a guy that could do it all. Now they want you just to do one thing. So I want to ask you your opinion, both in the pros and college. Is it imperative to have, I guess? one of the top, say, 10 running backs out of the recruiting cycle be that guy? Or is it, you know, hey, we're going to limit your carries and your touches to, say, 12 to 15, and that's when you know you're the number one guy that you're really effective in that 12 to 15 touches because, you know, the backup, say, like A.J. Allen, might get 10 touches, 8 to 10 touches. Um, And then the backup behind that might be 4 to 6. So you're just kind of by committee but not so much.
2: What's your opinion on that? I mean, to me, I think the – the, the wins and losses come from up front. Right. O line, D line, right. on both sides of the ball. But if you look at the Chiefs, they did it by committee. Right. This year. Who won it last year?
1: Uh, last year, what, Super Bowl?
2: Yes. Rams. Rams. By committee. Yeah. Right. And then look at Georgia. They don't have a dominant right. running back. And they won the, it two years in a row, but yeah. they have a supporting cast and a. A great offensive, offensive line. line. Yeah, right. and a mindset. And a mindset. Alabama, they're their run, now they had running backs. They had dudes. They had dudes. Upon dudes. Upon dudes. Yeah. I mean, like we so talked mu- about.
1: So much your boy uh, from New Orleans, he had to transfer to Chief. Yeah,
2: but they had dudes, yeah. and they had dominant running backs. Right. They featured their running back. Right. Took a lot of pressure off their quarterback because their quarterbacks weren't that good. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, they McCarran, were. and they yeah. were good, but they weren't, you know. Top-notch top notch right Top notch like they, notch they, have, like right they have right now. So. Do you need a dominant running back? I don't think so.
1: So, do you think that with the with the elevation of quarterback play lessens the need for a dominant running back play? Because I think with the teams that we're talking about now, when you talk about – I know Clemson had Travis, e, you know, uh, 18, e- and, and then they had – you know, but they had Watson and Lawrence. Yes. Those are two dudes. And then you think of um, Tua and Jalen Hurts. Yep. You know, even Jalen Hurts was at Oklahoma. Obviously, they weren't in Nashville. But – Alabama the less you don't need it as much because of the emergence of these quarterbacks and their ability to play um Justin Fields you know how now he had some guys yes he had some dudes that running back but the receivers and that quarterback step up and they had a line and they had a line so do you think that with the emergence of quarterback play in the way that the college game has changed is less the value of a true bell cow
2: and, and you can say that for the nfl too because nfl they're not drafting running backs in the first round anymore right. you know what i mean they think yeah. thinking the value of
1: harris is is a, is a one-off but i think he has the past pass. catching ability i think if you're gonna be a number one true 18 to 24 carry type of back you have to be effective out of the backfield and the one thing you have to do really really well is blitz pickup yes and That's what Najee Harris does. That's kind of what, uh, in a lot of ways, Christian McCaffrey does. Christian McCaffrey's blitz pickup is ability to run routes. Yes. So then he's able to dictate what you do on defense based on he running wide receiver routes – Against Jay Foreman, Jay- and he dicing <laughs> us up left and left and right, and he ain't no to steps. You no, know? and he ain't none. giving away his routes. Either. He's not giving it yeah.
2: away. He's he's very savvy at what yeah. he does
1: and is explosive. So I think that that's the best way to do it. I think really when you start when you start to kind of look at it, even when New England was having, you know, they had Antoine Smith in the first one, then they had Corey Dillon, then they had Legarrette Blount, and all mm-hmm. that. I, I think people overlook. The dominance, especially with New England, how really – how well they were coached and how good that offensive line was. Yes. And I think people also, just because of Matthew Stafford and the way that they played on offense, you know, with Sean McVay, they don't realize how good that offensive line was with Andrew Whitworth and and they were healthy. Yes. So then, therefore, you can go get Austin, Jay, and Kenny and say, you know what I mean, like here's what you do because – we just need you to do this because our offensive line it will create the hole for you to make you a lot better. And I'm gonna tell you what we, we'll get into a little bit of the Super Bowl talk because we're going with another 10 minutes, Austin. Um, I wanna I wanna ask you this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what, man. And I've been talking about this dude since the pre or since last year in a, in the Kansas City offensive line. They are straight up nasty. And here's what people don't understand about Andy Reid. When I look back on all the teams that I played against, you know, Pittsburgh you always knew. You prepare for Pittsburgh that Sunday night that you played a week before because you know you got to be ready. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's getting physical. up. It's like playing Oklahoma Colorado when we played. But Andy Reid's teams were always physical. Now, you know, he never got credit for it, but they always were physical. They always could really tackle well, and they were always extremely physical and well-coached. And now – He's added a little bit of spice with Patrick Mahomes. That offensive line he has. Now, I was thinking Philly was that. But here's here's where I didn't give them enough credit. The Chiefs offensive line is really good. They've been overlooked. I felt like they were the best offensive line last year. Now they had some injury bugs. had some injuries last year. But I felt like they were the best offensive line. You got to think. They got rid of Eric Fisher when he was an all-pro because after he tore his Achilles. And then they got rid of uh, uh, the other guy that uh, was an all-pro after he got hurt as well but they keep replacing the trader for Orlando Brown. They drafted Trey Smith in the fifth round, who was actually the best guard. They are nasty, man. The things they did to Fletcher Cox in the super bowl. That's a long offseason for that brother. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny, Trey Smith started the game off by driving you and throwing you to the ground and knocking your helmet off to the point that Fletcher, usually when that happens, I'm coming to see you. And then I'm going to get my helmet. He going around asking for the ref. So that let me know he punking you tonight. Yep. Yep. So when they, and then, then Wiley 77, right. Who's kind of like the, he's the guy that gets no love.
2: The one carryover from the last Super Bowl low line. The
1: one carryover guy that gets just overlooked. Cause they got Humphrey from Oklahoma who was, came in and made all pro you've you lucked up and got Trey Smith because everybody, cause he had a minor heart condition, mm-hmm. but his, his testing out was off the charts. Then you got Orlando Brown's son in a free or in a in a uh, draft day trade, um, and Tooney, and then Tooney from the Patriots, who was the number one free agent guard, the last guys left over.
2: They made some power moves.
1: Hold on, who who do you think was it was it was taking homeboy from uh, <laughs> a hey, Hassan Reddick and throw, and mushing him in the ground?
2: He was a non-factor. Yeah, no, no, but in that but, game.
1: but the way they was dogging people, yes. the way see here is what people don't understand. And I'm going to say this for you people out here. To, listen, we need some people, more people on the stream here. Okay, I know people are listening. People always ask me the difference. They ask me two things about playing against offensive linemen in the league. What's the difference between playing in, in college and the pros? And oddly enough, they ask me the difference between playing against white offensive linemen. And-
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
1: Black office alignment. I used to get that all the time. Really? Oh, yeah. And Dom Raelo used to ask me all the time because he'd ask me when we – so we played the Ravens one one year and they had – I forget what they named their offensive line, the Soul Patrol, because they had Ogden, they had nothing but brothers, and these dudes was Giants, right? And so the difference between college offensive line, in my opinion, and pro offensive line play is college offensive linemen, you'll get two or three guys that know how to play. In the pros, you get seven, eight, nine, ten, and they all they just want to do is just get in the way. Mm-hmm. Majority just want to get in the way. Because they know their job is to seal you off, and this hole is, only, is, is smaller than between Kenny and Austin. So the running back's job, you getting paid whatever million dollars you're getting paid. Once he seals you off on account of like 1,000, 1,002, 1, his job's done.
2: You got to get through that hole.
1: Yeah, and you better hit it because he knows his job, his his main job is to block however he's are supposed to block and do his job. So you're essentially a sole proprietor within a team concept. Now there's there's a little bit difference here. Is I'm gonna tell you. Well, I'll just say this. You get some linemen that 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 got to play on the edge of nasty because they just like that, like Wiley, mm-hmm. where he when he gets you there, they gonna they gonna they gonna put you in the ground now, right? And they gonna they gonna mentally try to you know they gonna they gonna mash you up a little bit, right? <laughs> you know you are in for a fight, right? You know, how, Kenny, if you got somebody that's coming to stock blocking, he's gonna try to finish you off in the Gatorade. So you gotta know what you're getting into. But I'm gonna tell you something about the brothers, though. There's only a few of them. They try to get you, though. Oh yeah, they're gonna try to get you because they want it. Because I'm gonna tell you, they want to get in the meetings and be, you know, say it's me and you, we linemen, and they was like, oh yeah, watch me get them right yep. here. Yeah, watch what I do right here. They want to clown you and then dance over you and do all that type of stuff. I always say, but the hardest hit I ever got was in a preseason game, and I still don't know who this lineman is. And I, st- I ain't never watched that play. I got up and went and went to the bathroom when I seen it. <laughs> We were playing the St. Louis Rams. I will never forget this, Kenny. It was me and my man Rayon, and I used to – his nickname. I can't say it on air, but it was just say we used to call him Dookie Ray. Now, the S word was it because that's the way how he looked in his uniform. Because mm-hmm. you know, but you know, you know, part of it you got to go out there and look sweet. Not not like towels and everything, but Rayon. We tape our uh, own. We you know back then we didn't have enough money to pay the equipment dudes to tape us, so we had tape our on stuff. You know, Rayon was number 39. You know, the three be down here, the nine <laughs> up there. He'd have like, he had these old gloves with, you know, two fingers cut in and, and the holes. In, I mean, he just looked horrible. He had a hockey elbow pad. I mean, Rayon just looked horrible. You know, one chin strap. He just, just looked horrible. So we out there playing the St. Louis Rams, right? And it's Marshall Falcon there. So, you know, we playing pretty good. But him and Isaac Bruce get into it. Oh. And Isaac Bruce, people, Isaac Bruce is wolfing, just be woofing. Right. And he, and see, that he he was talking junk. Like they were calling the plays, he was out there just talking junk to Ray. So you know, I, that's my boy, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get into it. So then he, so me and me and Ray chasing him around for seemed like a quarter. So we called this we called this fire zone blitz. And I'm like, yeah, I'm about to I'm about to get this quarterback, man. And and there's an old saying: if you're unimpeded to the quarterback, there's two things coming: either the screen or somebody 20. about to ear hole you. So, I saw, you know how it is. You sell the blitz, fooling over there, sell the blitz. I was hauling, but coming, I'm like, and I, then, like, you get in this position, like, I kind of used to lower the position. Because back then, you, I'm going for the knockout shot where you kind of get low and come up, through, up him. through him. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's lights out. Teed up? Oh, it teed up. And right when I was coming out, boom, I got hit from the side. I swear to God, the first thing they hit was the F <laughs> and the five on the back of my jersey, right? and i tumbled looked like tumbleweed and uh i was and i was looking like who was it you know i was still it wasn't orlando pace How was i say, it? was it big pace no it was a backup cuz orlando pace was not doing it he wasn't doing it yeah this dude hit me so hard man and he clowned. he was clowning and he was and he dapped up what he's like yeah i got him i got you i was like yeah you got me <laughs> then i tried to tell him i'm gonna get you back he said no you ain't cuz no, he... it hurt cuz that hurt you know what i'm saying <laughs> it hurt my pride more than anything man yeah, so you—that's you, the difference, man. They try to get you. Then you got some guys, you know, who are a little dirty. Like I always say, Daniel—he was dirty. He was disrespectful, dirty. Where he'd be doing some stuff that, like, he—you know—cut guys from behind. You know, if you get—you know—something. You know, if you play in the NFL long enough, you're gonna get got.
2: Oh yeah. If you play any sport. any sport,
1: if you play basketball and you ain't never get dunked on, you ain't play hard enough. Hold on now, now,
2: I have never gotten dunked on. Never. I've got crossed over. Okay, the crossover. yeah, because
1: cross, oh yeah, you ain't underneath there. But I'm just saying, if you in there and you think you're getting a rebound, and here comes Jordan. You gonna get you, you just on the post?
2: You on the post? Yeah, yeah.
1: So I mean, you you if you ain't never been crossed over in basketball, or, you, or dunked on, then you ain't really trying. If you ain't never got ran over,
2: got you're, ran you're, over. You're, you're, right. Hey, any publicity is good publicity, right? No. No.
1: Okay. I got and ran over, but I held on. Yeah, See, that's the difference, though. You ain't just gonna just bike me over and to have me like flat. Yeah. Like I, I'm gonna get you,
2: Coach McBride. Yeah, called the blitz against against <laughs> Utah. Uh-huh. Guess who the running back was?
1: At Utah? From Utah had running backs back then.
2: The Dirty Bird. It,
1: oh, it was Jamal Anderson.
2: Man, he called that corner blitz on Jamal Anderson. I hit that boy' thigh and just, just like folded like yeah. a piece of paper. Was able to grab his foot. Right. I told Charlie, said don't call it. No, no more. more,
1: right? Right. Don't, it ain't working. It ain't. It work. ain't working with, with nineteen over here. Bad. Hey, you better get Reggie Cooper or somebody. <laughs> man, there, man. He you called it against
2: yeah. Utah. Man, I'll never forget it. I'm like his thighs were so big.
1: Bro. Yeah, and some guys are built. This is what people don't understand. I call it the gate. Some guys are built where they're hard for a defender to tackle. Yes. I always talk about Ray Lewis. People don't understand. He was. I think he was a four time state champion in wrestling. At least two. I know that. 'Cause his big thing is his dad was a real good wrestler and his dad was never in his life, so he wanted to beat his dad. So I think his dad was three time state wrestling and so Ray Lewis was he's short. They say he's six foot, he ain't nothing but five eleven. But he got long arms like he's six foot five. But he's a wrestler. So you can't knock him off his feet. Because he knows his body can torque all that. So when he coming up hitting you, he got he got leverage on you. Yep. And then so uh, so it's different when you're studying his tape. You always encourage guys study somebody that's successful that has your body type. Um, Eddie George got me, but I did get him back though. You got him back, yeah. But he got me, and it was because of my boy Gary Walker. Gary Walker didn't run the run. We used to run the stunt, so he he run the stunt the wrong way. So both the linemen come on me. So here come Eddie George, you know, and, and we were playing in, in Tennessee, and, the, and it was late in the year, so the turf was turf kind of all beat all up. Beat up. So I tried to anchor down, the legs slipped out, and then I got off. And then next, here come Eddie. Oh my gosh! He got he ran me over. And then you know, after you get up and celebrate, oh man, I, my, that was back when I had a nextel, you know, back in this cell phone. It was, you know, you could, you know, because I wanted it so you could chirp and talk to every walkie-talkie. I have boy, have I, some, I, I have forty voicemails.
2: <laughs> forty chirp chirps.
1: Oh, what happened, man? What happened, man? I I, I got so mad at my boy. You seen what happened? Stop calling me don't, with it. Don't yeah. ask me. You saw it. You saw it. What happened? Jay, I seen you. Are you all right? You know, that's the words Where You all right. Yeah, I'm all right.
2: My pride, pride hurt, but, but I'm all yeah, right.
1: Yeah, man, that pride pill was hard to swallow that day, man. <laughs> Another good segment. Kenny Will hide Jay Form. We're going to come back with a uh, short segment. I'm going to ask him about the uh, Husker basketball team tonight, what what kind of speech he would give the team going out there to uh, the uh, uh, Jersey Mike Center, the Rack, or whatever you want to call it. What do you tell them? To how to deal with success because that's a little bit of correlation of football teams in the past how you deal with success so we're going to ask Kenny Wilhite getting an insight of what he would give the speech to these Huskers going out there to Parsippany New Jersey we'll be right back
2: watch old school
1: live on Facebook YouTube or Twitch old school with DP and J on 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com.